Hey, welcome to a new episode of Last Call Baseball, number 136. I'm Dorian. Are you enjoying the World Series? I am. And I love the contrast of the offenses. You have in one corner the Arizona Diamondbacks with their death by a thousand cuts offense. They bunt, they steal. They'll hit a single, a little flare out to left field. And all of a sudden, they've put two runs on, this, on, the, on the board. You're like, how in the world is this offense sustainable in the year 2023, Ano Domini? I don't understand it. We were just a week ago, or even two weeks ago, we were, everyone was just fretting the Philadelphia Phillies, the power, the home runs the brashness and then you have the diamondbacks who play baseball like it's like the 1970s and they're here and they're here in the world series and now it's one game apiece and on the other corner you have the texas rangers rock and roll offense they're hitting home runs they get that it's exciting it's almost indulgent to watch the texas rangers play offense because they're just mainline excitement energy and power right into your baseball veins and I love the contrast of it and I would not mind if this series goes six or seven games and obviously the next three games are going to be in Arizona I do hope that they go back to Texas I don't really have a preference of who's going to win because whoever wins is going to be a good story and that means just a little bit more baseball until obviously the Latin American League start I think like I think like in a week or two because I know the Nicaraguan Winter League starts in uh, November third, and the Dominican Lidom Winter League just started last week. I'm very excited about Winter League. I love Winter League in, in Latin America. Did you guys hear about the uh, Matthew Perry fa- passing away last night during the World Series? Obviously, the guy had issues with drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. Uh, rest in peace and all that. But I didn't know that Matthew Perry was a huge toronto blue jays fan and apparently i never really watched friends i frankly did i thought that was an unfunny show but i know it was a very popular show but apparently wherever matthew perry's character worked matthew perry made it a point that in his office in the office in his office in the show the friends he would always have prominently displayed a toronto blue jays hat which I think was pretty cool. Like if I was some actor or some big time, I would probably do something like that. Of course, I probably would have like the Atlanta Braves. But I think it's very cool that like, look, I'm a big bad actor and I want my favorite team, my character to be represented by my favorite sports team. In his case, it was the Toronto Blue Jays because he was, I think his father was American and mother Canadian or the other way around. But nevertheless, he was half Canadian, half American. So rest in peace, Matthew Perry. And I hope that the World Series goes on for like another four or five games because it's, a lot of fun. And I also had fun talking with an artist this week who did some work for the Texas Rangers. This week, our special guest is Kyle Steed, a Dallas-based artist. Kyle, welcome to Last Call Baseball. Appreciate it. Thank you. What nourishes your creativity? What nourishes my creativity? That's a great question. I like this question better than what inspires you (laughs) because that question gets a little tiring to me. I think the way I like to recharge or replenish myself, you know, I think like the act of creating is a lot of um, giving. And so I like walks. I enjoy 
trying to slow down, appreciate, um, you know, I, I think we live in such a fast paced world and just feels like we're always moving from one thing to the next, to the next journaling is really big for me. I think that's a really good practice that I've cultivated almost every morning, whether it's drawing, whether it's writings, that kind of helps my mind just kind of start to engage for the day. Yeah. Simple things, making coffee, having a good conversation with someone. When you're talking about journaling, I find this interesting is you're saying that you can either draw or, or draw in your journal. Do you write in your journal or do, do. you just... Yeah, it's a, it's a mashup between to-do list, notes from, I don't know, like I could be drawing notes while we're doing this call, or if I'm on the phone waiting with an inter- internet provider, who knows? But, <laughs> and then, yeah, I do also just kind of, I would like the practice of like a free flow of, of thought writing. I don't really have specific goals in my writing more just like as a, as a simple as like another extension of expression. That's interesting. I, I like writing things down, but not so much as you said, like to do lists. It's, it's more of if I find something that just grabs my attention, I want to, I want to document it and then go back to it. And it usually I try to write down nice things, not bad things. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good practice. Yeah. Sometimes like uh, if I have a very vivid dream, I'll write it down. If I, if I, if it's still in my mind, I feel like sometimes those can be important just to kind of gleam. I don't know if so much I'm trying to understand it so much as I'm like, wow, that was kind of messed up or like, Oh, I haven't thought about that person in a long time. And they just showed up. So yeah, I, I kind of jot those things down. Not only do I love talking to, to creative, specifically artists of all, of all forms and, and types, the specific reason I asked you to come on and I, I wanted to talk with you is that a few years ago, you were invited by the Texas Rangers, the newly crowned American league pennant winners who are going to play in the play in the world series this weekend to uh, do a mural at globe uh, globe life field. Talk to us through how they approached you, what what the work that you did, and I'd love to hear about your whatever anything else with the Texas Rangers. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That was a really fun project. I actually, was able to work on that during COVID. The stadium at that point in time was still well. When I first got contacted by the team, I was super excited. I remember growing up. I didn't grow up in Texas, so I, I'm originally from North Alabama, um, the Southeast, but my dad lived in Fort Worth as a kid. So we would come out and I remember seeing Nolan Ryan pitch. I remember going when the previous new stadium was just built there in Arlington. I think the park at Arlington is, is it's called. So that just always held like a special place for me, um, in my childhood. So it was, it was kind of a dream scenario getting contacted by them to come into the new stadium And so getting my first tour there and seeing it was really special. We went back and forth for, it felt like a long time. It could have just been, you know, three or four months while they were kind of also deciding because they brought in a whole group of artists to activate certain points throughout the stadium. And my location changed a handful of times, but the wall that it ended up on, I think was it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's up on a more like a suite level, I believe, but it's a great wall. I mean, it sits right here on a 90, it sits on a 90 degree corner and I'm utilizing, you know, both sides of it, but they had this really 
great concept. They wanted to they wanted to talk about or kind of memorialize in a way, like in my own style, the story of the Rangers and the history of being in Arlington. So there's a nod to all three different versions of the stadium that they've played in. Uh, and then there's a little bits of, there's kind of hidden uh, like little Easter eggs of, of landmarks around the city in Arlington. Uh, but then they were also very open to my own sense of exploration and just the creativity to bring the piece more to life. So it is this, while simple and kind of execution, just black on a white wall, it's highly detailed. There's just a lot happening in it. So I think it's really fun. You can kind of stare at it for a long time and you just discover all sorts of different things happening within it. Um, but I think that's what kind of brings it to life and gives it movement. It, gives, it makes it more dynamic. And they were great in terms of um, providing feedback, you know, going through the creative process with them, showing them initial drawings and sketches. And it was a collaborative process, you know, over the course of, I mean, I think two months of that upfront were just the drawings. And for me, that's how I always work on these, on any project is I'm, you know, we started talking about like the way I get in my journal and I'm writing or I'm drawing, but for bigger commercial work like this, it always starts on paper for me. So uh, there's something very about the, there's something that connects for me in the tactile experience of putting pens or pencils or what have you down on paper versus like, if I just start on my iPad or in the computer, like there's a disconnect there for me. So yeah, I, I very much like to be hands-on. I want to tell, I want to share with people that I, I definitely think that you should, they should look up Kyle's mural in, da in Dallas, uh, excuse me, it, Kyle's mural in Arlington at Globe Life Field, even if it's online, it's not going to make total justice to it, but it's more, it's kind of like a where's Waldo. It, as you said, it's like black and white and there, and as you said, everything seems like there's like a little Easter egg, like you could genuinely study each little square foot of it right. and find something yeah. delightful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the point. Like they really had that vision for it of wanting it to be this kind of map, you know, but this sense of discovery within it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth if anyone that has a chance to go or if they have seen it, like to see the work in person, I think is it's worth going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. The Rangers are going to play at least, uh, what is it? At least, at least two games at home, maybe even four. If it goes to the World Series, go to goes to seven games. <laughs> Absolutely. Plenty of time <laughs> to uh, pay $27 for a pint of beer and to see Kyle's work in win -win. walking around the concourse. Exactly. <laughs> so did any of that come with uh, like perks? Like, oh, here's some tickets. Here's a free parking voucher. It was kind of like, thank you for your work. Firm handshake. <laughs> no, of Goodbye. course. Yeah, they're they're No, no, no. They're they're They've been wonderful since then. Um, yeah, I've gotten some good seats out of it. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think one of the greatest perks is having my work there. Um, it's embedded within within the stadium itself. So, yeah, I think I didn't really look at it much beyond that. And they've been very gracious in the after, you know, math of of having done the work and continuing to have a, a relationship with them. But yeah, I, 
during the World Series, because, you know, a lot of times in these sporting events, they have like they, they do like that drone overhead shot of the city and they also do it like in the concourse. I'm going to petition Fox because they're the ones who are going to be broadcast the World Series to do that concourse shot, but specifically Absolutely. where your artwork is so everyone can see it. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. You know, okay. leading, leading up to talking with you, I was like looking up your work. And I really enjoy it. I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. It's behind you. It's it's not just colorful, but it's also very, but it's very striking. Has anyone ever told you that the work you do is almost like a Mayan hieroglyphs? Or yeah, have you I done that deliberately? There is some intentionality around the structure of my work um, lending itself. It's it's like a nod to the past. Yes. I've received that comment numerous times. Yes. And I don't take it. I don't really take it as a good or bad thing. I, I, th I think we all understand. And when we look at, at works of art, we're always holding them up to things that we know or things that we've seen or things that, that we're already familiar with, you know, in my work, I'm not arrogant enough or pretentious enough to, to, to say that I'm doing original new things. I think everything's been done, but what I do believe in is that not everything has been done by me. And so it's part of my life's work to just continue evolving, continue my craft and my practice to not just try and make something purely original for original sake, but just to have something original maybe to say. And I think how that style if you want to call it that, but how it looks is, has been evolving over time as well. I also like to think about like my work is, is highly structured. There's a, an, an organized, I think those are two things that I'm really drawn to. Uh, Cause there's not a lot in life that I can control and organize. Them. <laughs> and so in my work, when I'm painting, those are, um, that's kind of what I'm seeking more. Does, does that make sense? I'm following what you're saying, and also to be an artist, not no, to be a visual artist, you need your eyes. And I noticed you wearing eyeglasses. Going off on murals, you also did a mural for Warby Parker, which was completely different than the very more detailed <laughs> one you did for the Texas Rangers. Did that Correct. also come with like a here's a here's a voucher for some free frames? No, I'm joking. You gotta tell us about that. <laughs> But, how, but I find it very fascinating because I love seeing murals, especially on the sides of houses. I've told one of my friends he has a very he has a massive side of that uh, side of a brick wall that he could put murals on. Mm. But yours is so drastic. Like if you were to put you if, if anyone looks up Kyle's mural for Warwick Parker and Kyle's mural for the Texas Rangers, you would not think it's the same artist. Whereas no. the, the, the almost where Waldo ish type of uh, adventure up for the Texas Rangers the Warby Parker one was very drastic, very big, very bold. Tell us about how that came about. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's kind of the, it's kind of the fun of being able to, to execute it two different, two different styles with the Rangers. They had that very, they, they had that ask, they had the request for that style. I would not have chosen, I think already in my, evolution where I'm wanting my work to go is more in line with what I did for Warby Parker. The, the more, the bolder colors, the bigger expression, a little cleaner, a lot cleaner. Uh, it's just more graphic. But yeah, when Warby Parker came to me, 
I already knew that they had a store in Dallas, but they were opening up this new location right off 75 in Knox Henderson. And they wanted to activate the whole exterior and wrap it in original work. And so it was a big honor there. They were equally an amazing client to work with. And they really kind of let me run with it, with my vision. And then they had very succinct, like very good, but very small kind of notes for feedback. You know, I knew putting people into the, into the, um, mural was important. I knew highlighting glasses was important, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking for that piece specifically. And that was also created, um, was that in 2020 or 21? Yeah. Just the sense, I believe it was the year after. So it had to have been 21, almost a sense of like coming out of that. I mean, and I know that some of that's still carried over, but a sense of community, a sense of um, just being back together with other people. So that's why you see multiple different people featured in the mural. But I love those bigger, bolder colors. Like I love how much it it stands out. Like it really captivates the your attention as soon as you make that exit right off of 75. It's like you cannot miss it. Yeah, I, I love that um, I have a chance to put more color like that into the world. I think we, I think for most part, the world is kind of a very muted place, um, color wise. I agree with you. I love, I love color. I love color, what you wear and obviously what you put on your walls or on your floor. Mm -hmm. Even though I, I'm not a visual artist, I don't, I can't capture things like you. Well, I'm not a visual artist, but I love capturing parts of, of visual artists like yourself. I want to talk about Polaroid. Because a little birdie on the street called the internet told me that you use or have used Polaroids. I am also a Polaroid user. And I want you now for the next three hours to show me how to properly use a Polaroid. Because I have a Polaroid SX-70. I Perfect. have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on film. And I have like a 75% failure rate when the 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 knobs from the light. I mean, this is a, but this is actually from the seventies. This isn't like a, you know, uh, the new retro one. It's this actually no, from I have 70s. the same one. Mm -hmm. What is, what am I doing wrong, Kyle? Uh, I don't know. You might be overexposing, might be underexposing. They are very light sensitive. I will say that. And I have an original SX 70 as well. And you would think that you might be happy, you know, you could be outside in the full sun and you might be worried about it overexposing, but it literally needs like that much light, anything less, it's going to be completely dark. Unless if you can do the, I don't even know if you can buy the off, um, the flash. Some of them had it. Within I think I've seen it on, on Amazon or something, or maybe like on eBay, you can buy it, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't gone into the, yeah, into that. I have not shot with that camera in a few years now. I love, I have a uh, Fuji. It's yeah. Fuji film. Thank you. Um, instant. It's a, it's one of the wide cameras. I bought it on eBay. It's an older model, but I love them because it's so consistent and the film you can still buy new. So is it, oh, the, I, I, I know that there's new Fuji one. It came out a while ago. Is it the the, the the ones that come out slim or is it the actual like Polaroid size one? Size, no, it's size. the wider format one. Yeah. Okay. They have the mini instead. Right. The mini, yeah, the mini. That's what I'm thinking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've shot with those before, but most of those are just 
I mean, they're good, but a lot of the times the cameras themselves are really cheap, so they don't last that long. This Instax wide that I bought from, uh, it actually shipped from Japan, but it's the, one of the only models that they made where it has an autofocus. So as soon as you press the shutter, it'll actually focus for you. The camera will focus itself on the subject because a lot of the times then it's just guesswork. Right. And that's the same thing with the Polaroids is you have to know the distance you're standing from. But yeah, I mean, I've shot off and on with instant film for 20 years, I guess. I have a whole box back here somewhere that's just got years and years uh, of instant film. I love it though. I think it's, again, it goes back to my love for things that are tactile. I don't know. Maybe that comes from, you know, when I was growing up, my grandparents always had slide film and they would pull the projector out at holidays and we would go through the slides. Like nobody does that anymore. It's, you know, I mean, you can get books printed from your phone and those are great, but I really love, like, there's a quality to them. Right. There's a, um, there's a imperfection to them. And I think that's what I'm that's really exactly drawn what I was to gonna say. Yeah. The imperfection mm -hmm. is, is, is very charming, but at the same time, when you see, I love watching like retro shows, but let's say like Miami Vice, you know, when uh, inevitably when a dead body shows up, the, 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 not the coroner, but the, uh, the, whatever the investigation team, the homicide team comes and they have there a Polaroid. They take a picture of the body and it comes out and it's like perfect on TV. This is back yeah. like in <laughs> circa 1986. And then I yeah. just see that. And I look over at my Polaroid SX 70. I was like, why can't that be you like that? Come out that crisp and perfect because back then it did. And now it, it doesn't. And the, and the, yeah, that focus thing is way too ahead of it, way too ahead of its time for a 1970s mm -hmm. technology. Oh, well, they could have just been some movie magic too. You know, they could have just been like, I don't know, back, back in the 80s, back in the mid 80s. <laughs> I don't know too much, but yeah, I'm, oh, it's so bad when I, every, all my friends and family, they know I'm whipping, whipping out the Polaroid and they kind of chuckle. It's like, <laughs> oh, is it actually going to come out this time? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's part of the fun. You don't know. You're just going to see. Well, yeah. What I do like is using a black magic marker. And then obviously when it comes out, I'll write down like who's in the who's in the who's in this picture, where it yes. was taken and then the date. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then maybe in 100 years from now, someone in, is going to see like, who who is this? Because I just see orange blotches everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. No, I have do very much the same thing. Um, I actually bought ended up a couple years ago buying. I'd have to look back where they came from, but albums that specifically fit the Instax photos and then kind of like archiving them by the year and then just filling them up that way. And that's something that I would like to pass to, to my children. And, you know, but I think it is important to like annotate, okay, where was this taken? When was this taken? Um, just kind of as a record of life. Yeah. You've done, as I said, you, you, you do Polaroids. I, I guess because it's fun or let's say the Fuji you've done murals you continue to do murals you actually do paintings on canvases what's another thing that you want to do to challenge yourself uh for you know to keep your 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 neurons flashing I don't know that feels kind of like enough <laughs> do I need one more thing on no my I'm not I'm not saying that you should <laughs> I mean, it's just astounding your body of work and it's like it, you you do you've oh. done three or four things but it's a lot in all of them and you're like i don't maybe the next his next thing is going to be a reality tv show painting cars maybe let's see if anybody calls after this um <laughs> <laughs> i just or is there something that you, you looked at and like that would be kind of cool to try out to put my finger in not that i need to be doing 50 pieces mm -hmm. of that 
you, you know mentioned what, painting a car, which I would love at, at some point. That would be an, an amazing project to collaborate with, you know, um, a great car maker. But yeah, I mean, I, well, I was just going to say this, that I've known since a really early age. And I know the term artist gets thrown a lot, around a lot, I think even more so now. But that's kind of always been, that's been the path. And I'm still on that path. I just know that it's never a straight line to get there. I mean, we could talk about my four years in the Air Force versus like spending uh, almost seven years doing web design and graphic design. And it's like all these twists and turns, which is just life. And it's and I still continue to, to wake up and just practice this craft and continuing to want to improve it and improve myself. So I don't know. I don't know what the next five, 10 years may look like in terms of my body of work and, and where it's going and what it's being applied on. But I'm just hopeful that I'll always have this opportunity to, to continue to create. It's what I love. Absolutely. You mentioned the Air Force and you were in the Air Force and I believe you were stationed in Japan for a number of years. Everything that we do, everything that we that comes out of us is obviously part of accumulation of where we've been. Do you have any sense, are there any remnants of your time in Japan? In It doesn't have to be your artist life, but just you in your own personal life. Are there any remnants of, of Japan within you and what you do? Yes. Yeah. And you're right. It, um, you're always on time. Very Japanese. <laughs> I wish I could say that were true. Uh, but that is, yeah, they, especially their train, their um, public transportation runs like clockwork. It's impressive. You know, I mean, on a personal note, I've, um, for the last number of years, have been really committed to meditating practices like that. I think that are for me, really necessary. But I, I think there's also a, um, something carried from my time there. They just have a, a real appreciation for the natural environment, you know, for for lack of a better word. I don't know how to really describe it, but I mean, they it's living on an island and using and having to utilize the resources that you have there. So I don't know. There's I, I feel like just using what I have to the best of its ability. I don't know, somehow from that experience, transmuting all the way through now. Of course, if I could go back and do it again, I think I would do things differently, but I does not change the impact that living in a foreign country and in such a beautiful country at that, like Japan is, had, had on me. And I was young, I was 22, you know? So I was just kind of, beginning my life, so to speak, at that time. I've been to many Asian countries, but Japan is still one that I absolutely have to go. And I definitely want to go and spend two or three weeks. It's, it's not, I definitely don't want to go for three or four days because it takes three or four days to get there. Yes, absolutely. What, what I love about what I know of the Japanese culture, the Japanese people, I, I love the elegance in how they do even the most mundane thing. And just like the res respect is not the right, not the word I'm looking for, but it's, it's like the formality of some things. And sometimes obviously they overdo it, but I just love that it's almost spiritual in a way. And I was going to ask you when you mentioned meditation, is there, is there a specific type of meditation that you practice? Not really. No, 
I don't really, I mean, I'm not trying to, yeah, subscribe to this certain method. It Um, has to be transcendental meditation or nothing, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard this. (laughs) Right. I mean, I do, and doing like breath work as well, but I, I find for me, it's like the point of meditation isn't to clear the head, isn't to transcend where I am. I think it's important to really be present. And you can call this mindfulness as well, but I think that's what is is so helpful just to be a witness to your own life, to my own life. And um, I was just having this conversation with a friend earlier, but, you know, I I think as as long as as we can be aware of what's happening in our lives and and just be very present, then it kind of helps me stay more grounded. Yeah. And just to kind of show up to continue. But I think within that painting also becomes a form of meditation for me and especially within mural work where it's highly repetitive so that part of my brain it's it's satisfied by just the the you know the hand motions that that just like kind of it's not robotic but just that repetitive movement where then my mind can be kind of free to also wander um i love i love it i mean i think those two kind of go hand in hand a, a lot of times I like that how what we do in itself helps you concentrate. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of meditation. I think it's something that more people need to do in the U.S. And uh, there are people who do it, but I think more people need to do it. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I always like asking a little bit more fun questions as we bring us down as if we were you know transported to Mars for in, in our transcendental <laughs> state. <laughs> I love having a drink on this show. I also noticed you have so many honestly very very uh formal and polite japanese freaking awesome collaborations you also collaborated with bullet whiskey when you did a 3d and this is going to lead to our our, question about uh, drinks and food and stuff like that tell us about that that's super cool because i'm like bullet whiskey decided to do a sneaker with an artist named kyle yeah uh i was equally um I was kind of like, huh? <laughs> I didn't really understand what what they were, why they were doing this, but it was it was super cool. They so they worked with me to do the design on this. It was the, what, yeah, it was like the world's first 3D printed sneaker, and then they worked with with these amazing guys out of uh, New York who ran this and still run um, this 3D print shop, and they can kind of just dream up anything and. So the collaboration where from my home here in, in Texas, um, able to come up with the design and then kind of send all the parts, all the, uh, I wouldn't say framework, but kind of, you know, like the aesthetics of, of it, what it would look like. Yeah. And so bullet has a kind of separate arm, a different division where they're really interested in like the arts and all things creative. So that's where this project kind of fell under. And then it was great. We did a launch party here for the review, the reveal of that uh, shoe where they came in, they took over this whole, it was like an old theater, but they put in a 3d printed bar in the front and yeah, it was super fun. I still think that's in the last number of years was like one of the most unique, interesting, like super creative jobs that I've gotten to work on. Kyle, I think you should throw the most amazing world series viewing watch parties in your studio, because you can invite people (laughs) over and say, look, I got this 72 inch screen TV, uh, drinks provided by bullet. 
if you can't see the TV screen from 72 inches, we can get Warby Parker to get you some prescription <laughs> glasses. And one of my sponsors, Texas Rangers, are in the World Series. Th- this is going to be the best week for you, Kyle. Man, yeah. I, good thing. Yeah, let's get this on the books. All right. It's already planned. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love it. Kyle, obviously you're in Dallas. Tell us of, uh, I, I always love traveling and i know a lot of uh, not just baseball fans but sports fans they'll do they'll travel to see their team whether you're a ice hockey fan football whatever if anyone wants to go to the world series this this week or even next year when their team goes to play the texas rangers tell us a place some places that you love going it can be the biggest place in the world or the smallest hole in the wall for uh, food drink coffee so i mean and you have to understand you come to if people don't know Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, they think of the airport DFW, but I mean, it's two major cities. And then you have Arlington in the middle. This is where the stadium is, but it's very spread out. It's, it's a big sprawl living in Dallas. Um, I mean, there's so many options. I, I think it's a sport in and of itself here to go out to eat and drink. We are not short on any um, <laughs> number of bars and restaurants. I'm a fan. Uh, there's a great Tex-Mex place here called Jose. I think they do an amazing job. Uh, the food is excellent. The drinks are equally as incredible. Um, they have one of the best things I love in the restaurant. They did this whole wall uh, custom tile that's hand painted from an artist. And so it's just, it's an, it's got a great, I don't know, just like overall experience there. I'd have to sit down and think and write 10 more places down after this. Uh, <laughs> there's a ni- there's a nice, like, if you want a little hole in the wall, something that's a little more off the beaten path, it's um, it's called Shaman, X-A-M-A-N. Um, it's actually here in Oak Cliff where I live, but they have a great back bar. If I'm into mezcal. I don't, if you're familiar, if you're into that, or tequila, they have as well. Um, but they've got a huge selection. Food is equally really good too. And so they do like small plates and stuff for dinner, but then they do like coffee and stuff up front in the morning. So that's a good little cafe. Maybe not as well known. Those are good to write down next time anybody is in the uh, DFW area. Kyle, I want to thank you for your time. If you want to share with us where we can find your work, where we can purchase some of your work, and where we can see it in person. Okay. Yeah, my website be the best place to start, kylesteed.com. You can follow me on Instagram at kylesteed as well. And those are pretty much two main outlets. You see what I'm working on more currently through Instagram. The website is a great portfolio piece, so it highlights all of my previous works, murals, fine art, things like that. Thanks to Kyle for joining us this week. I genuinely always appreciate having creatives on this podcast and just talking with them. I think it's very cool. It's also cool when I fill my belly with some good beer in my hand here, in my left hand here. I have Fest Beer. I took German for one year in high school and I, my, I'm sure my, present, my pronunciation is terrible. It's a Munich-inspired lager from a good non-German American local brewery called Triple Crossing Beer in Richmond, Virginia. I'm going to have a drink, so give me a moment. From what I've been told and what I've researched on the World Wide Web, 
is that fest beer is something is the traditional beer that you drink in Oktoberfest. And if you ever find yourself in Munich, Germany, and the funny thing is that I do not know why it's called Oktoberfest because Oktoberfest is actually held, I believe, at the end of September. This is good. It feels good in my belly. It feels good drinking. What are you drinking during the World Series? What are you drinking when you're going to be handing out Halloween, Halloween, when you're going to be handing out Halloween candy on Halloween? What about if your neighborhood or your city or town, you celebrate Day of the Dead, the Mexican, I don't want to say the Mexican Halloween, It's but it's still, they're kind of the same idea maybe, I don't know, on November 1st, Day of the Dead. And also, by the way, speaking of the dead and the Halloween and ghosts and goblins, did you know that? On November 2nd, it's National Deviled Egg Day. Gross. Deviled eggs are disgusting. If you ever have an office party and someone brings deviled egg, I will skip the office luncheon when the potluck lunch because I can't stand deviled eggs. They're gross. I love my eggs. I love eggs on a croque madame, on an omelet, and eggs benedict, scrambled. You name it, I love eggs as long as you put in like some salt, some pepper, some parsley mushrooms, whatever. Deviled eggs, big thumbs down. What are you drinking when you're scrolling through social media? You could be on our pot on our podcast. You could be on our social media accounts. If you want, we're on Twitter with uh, Last Call 4040 and on Instagram, Last Call Baseball. Thanks for listening to Last Call Baseball. Be great and get home safe.